Welcome to the Wedding Jigsaw Podcast, where you can get to know the personalities of Ireland's wedding suppliers. Hello everybody, welcome to the eighth episode of the Wedding Jigsaw Podcast. Now, as you know, the whole ethos of the Wedding Jigsaw Podcast is to let you get to know the personality behind the wedding supplier, whichever wedding supplier we're talking to on the day. Now, today we're going to be discussing the role of the wedding disco, and I'm delighted to welcome the founder of the professional DJ company. He's also a radio presenter. He's a music producer, he's a sound engineer, he owns his own record label, and alongside all of that, he is time to run a su the Success in Action podcast. Please welcome Tony Walls. Yeah. Tony, you're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much for that introduction. That was fantastic. <laughs> well, oh, the, the very obvious question, Tony, is when do you sleep? <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know how my wife sticks me more to the point. Uh, That's I mean, why she sticks you, because you're not there doing you're not there with her. You don't you know it's, it's a it's a Katie a successful marriage, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, don't be there. That's <laughs> what my wife would say. <laughs> Tony, tell me, uh, where where are you based? Um, well, I, I actually just work from home. I have my own studio. I'm I'm actually in my guide, which is a converted recording studio. Um I'm just in Crumlin, just outside of Crumlin, don't I? Brilliant. Yeah, so I would just kind of work from home. Most most of my interactions with brides and grooms would kind of be online or over the phone, or or maybe me calling down to them and see if it's if it's easier for them. So that means you're two miles from Nuts Corner, which everybody knows is the centre of the world. It is the centre of the world, don't you? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I I moved to Nuts Corner twenty six years ago for that very reason because <laughs> you can get to anywhere in Northern Ireland within an hour and a half, <laughs> and you can call into the market and get a Sunday burger Absolutely, as well. Yeah, and there, there's I think it's six roads off the roundabout, and every one of them takes them a different direction, which gets you to where you want to go, no matter where. You don't have to go near the It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so. In terms of that, uh, where where do you cover, Tony? Is it just Northern Ireland? Do you go further afield or what? Um, I think when we, when we first started, we would have travelled really up and down the country, right to the bottom of Ireland, the the, the very top of Dye, London Dye. And um, I think as, as times progress, we've started to get a, a bit more popular with the bookings, which I'm very grateful for. But we've been able to kind of be a bit more picky. Um, and from that, we've kind of tried to keep it more around Northern Ireland. Now, we'll travel down south if it's for a family um, friends or maybe from a family who's booked us previously um, but normally I'll try my best to keep it within Northern Ireland and, and we've enough work to get by so yeah yeah that, that, that makes, makes totally makes good sense you know so tell me which came first all this production and recording or presenting or disco what what where did it all start well when I was 12 that's when I first started it was on the, the old techniques on the final back in the olden days um, and I would have went it was all dance music back then and to be honest with you I'm, I'm a 40 year old raver it hasn't left me <laughs> but uh, I started playing in the clubs um, and uh, went I travelled around Australia and when I come back I met my wife Joanna um, and started to settle down and I, I, I still love the DJing so much um, so I started doing the mobile DJing just travelling around West Belfast and uh, from there I started naturally leading into the weddings and that was I must have been around 2005, 2006, when I first started getting into the wedding um, DJing. Uh, and from then, it kind of really just grew exponentially and just kept on doing it. Now, back then, I was working full time as well. So it was really just for the weekends. 
Um, and then I was, I was able, got into a decision where I was able to leave full-time employment um, and focus on the business full-time. And that's where I've been for about the last four years, maybe. Right, right. Yeah. Um, now, you've also done, and you still do, I think, some radio presenting. Radio oh, yeah, sorry, radio. the radio. So what, what happened? It was actually, I was driving in my car and uh, a Q radio was on the radio and the, they'd advertised that they were looking for technical support workers. So I thought to myself, that sounds great. I could actually do that. Um, and all it was is because I had free time during the week and that was when most of the gigs were. So when they were running what was called outside broadcasts, uh, I would have set up all of the speakers. I made sure that the link between the, the radio presenters to the studio was all there, just all the technical aspects of it. Um, and that was really my job. But what I, this is what made me want to get into radio, if I'm being honest, right? So you were working with the likes of Abe Sesse and Stephen Clemens, God rest him. Um, but whenever we were in places like... Uh, Victoria Square, you would have had people like the perfume shop that were dropping off bags of perfume. And then you had Fraser's that were dropping down pairs of shoes and, and they were being very well looked after. Now the, the, the presenters would have had a wee squirt themselves and if they didn't like it, they passed it to me. So I got the leftovers. Uh, but I thought to myself, do you know what? That looks like a good job. And everywhere we went, we got fed well fed as well you know so i'm thinking i could do some of that you know so uh, <laughs> i fell in love with the radio presenting side of things um and i went and joined lisburn fm went and pitched the show to michael clark over there um he's a fantastic uh station manager who's helped me a lot um and from them more recently um i've went and joined a belfast a station in belfast called juice uh 1038 fm juice, juice yeah juice Juice, um, it's, it's more of a dance station so i've kind oh. of i've got that my own dance show now with them it's only my second week tonight oh. actually um every friday from 10 on till 1 a.m so it's oh. kind of it's starting my journey getting more experience in different stations um i'm currently well i've applied um for a competition which is kind of a radio star competition which is a worldwide thing i don't think i'll get into it. i don't know if i've got enough experience but you know i'll find out i think it's the 21st of may they'll let you know who the, the, the top 25 people are so fingers crossed you never know if you're not in you can't win <laughs> of course you're gonna go for these things Brilliant. so that's that's kind of one of my goals is, uh, is radio present hopefully get into the commercial stations like cool fm uh, q radio downtown u105 all those Right. And what about, tell me about the studio thing and the record label. Uh, the record label, we started it about, it must have been about eight years ago, just a group of friends who shared the same passion in, in dance music. Um, and from then, about two or three years ago, uh, me and another friend took it over and kind of re revised it again and relaunched it. Um, yeah. So it would be dance music primarily. So I produced my own music as well under an artist alias called Feed Me Groove. <laughs> uh, right. I had Feed me groove. Feed me groove, right? And the, the reason it came up with a different name is because I didn't want people booking their weddings thinking, right, Tony Walls is a doing all this mad dance music. Let's not book him. So I had to come up with an, <laughs> an, an alter alias almost. Um, and uh, so that 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 covers the whole dance music side of things. But so we we would release rap records um or uh releases from around the world on different platforms. We've had a lot of success in in different charts and big DJs supporting us. Um, which is going really well, but I would, I would look at that as more of a hobby and something that I'm really, I, I enjoy doing, um, you know, but I, I love it. I'm completely, completely consumed by music. It's all around music and entertainment. I, I love well, there's it. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, music's a wonderful world. Uh, it brings people together. It really does. It really, really Definitely. does. Yeah. So professional DJs as yes. a company, how, how long have you been going? Um, just under four years um, oh. as a professional DJs. 
Mm-hmm. And I think f- for me, it was, I mean, I'd always done, I'd always, when I was a mobile DJ and doing the birthday parties, which naturally progressed into the weddings, um, I'd always enjoyed the weddings because they were brilliant crack. Um, and and the, the, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more planning involved in it, which I, I kind of loved getting down into the nitty gritty. But back then I was working full time, so I couldn't commit to anything other than really Friday or Saturday. Um, so I'd realized that it started to get quite a lot of bookings in advance. So when I, I'd worked as a corporate trainer previously, and I was able to look at my diary and say, right, look, do you know what? I can take a chance here. Um, I've got bookings which are secured by deposits. So we can work out roughly what, what I could earn over these months. So I sat down with my wife and she she was behind me 100% and made the decision and jumped from full-time uh, employment into full-time self-employment. Uh, honestly, I really haven't looked back because it's given me so much time to spend with my kids, yes. to be able to do things like the studio and record label and producing, um, but more importantly, focus on building the business um, and contacting customers and being available for customers. And one of the big things with the, the professional DJs is to try and be very customer centric. Whenever I was a corporate trainer, we would have done quite a lot of customer service training. Yeah. Um, so I have a good understanding of, of how customer of putting yourself in a customer's shoes and trying to, trying to understand where they're coming from as well as what services they really need. And so the, the, I mean, even our tagline of the, of the business is we put our customers first and, and we'll try to genuinely do that at the core of everything that we do. And it's like me and you were both having a wee quick chat before the podcast. And there's been a lot of times in the past where you're kind of doing things to help people outside of your remit, just because you can. Yeah, of course. You know, I've um, the experience. you have the experience, the bread and groom haven't. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that I mean, that's that's where the professional DJs kind of started, and that's the ethos behind us. And um, long may I continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other question there it comes out of something you said there uh, before previously yeah. uh, that you're starting a radio show on a Friday night, yes. and you call the professional DJs. So I assume if you're not available, there's somebody else. You've more than one. There's more than just you. Well, at the moment, it is just me. Um, that was uh, uh, That's one of the things which I like to stay very focused on. If someone's booking the professional DJs, I like it just to be, it's me who they the communicate with from the, the point of booking, and I build that relationship, and then ultimately I'll be there on the day. And um, I mean, with the radio show, I've been very careful not to take daytime shows, which are live. So mm-hmm. I can do a lot of pre-recording. So, for example, my show, which is going to be on tonight, this is, this is Friday the 6th, I think, isn't it? It is the seventh, actually. Seven, am I giving the date away? I don't know why I was okay to do that. Oh, don't worry about it. But yeah, so it's it's on tonight. It's all pre-recorded, so I can kind of work around my schedule um, right. and fit it in that way. Uh, you know, yeah, so it, it works pretty well. No, but I would be the only DJ. That would be something which I would be very focused on. I mean, there may be occasions in the future where I'm on well and I'm unable to perform. Um, and in that instance, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll contact the bride and groom, um, be very clear with them and, and make sure that they're happy with somebody who I could get as a replacement that has worked alongside me before and kind of gets the whole ethos of the business and the, the whole structure of our night. When um, you're self-employed, you'll never be unwell. I know. <laughs> it's the cure for the common cold. You know, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't exist in our world. You know? I that, that is a, that is a fact. There's a friend, I have a friend who is in the, uh, health insurance business right and his company um they actually give a premium brick to people who are self-employed no way. they say self-employed people don't take sickies yeah At- they don't have duvet days yeah they will they will drag themselves out of bed yeah. to get the job done you know and therefore they're not having to pay out 
for you know claim i'm not saying fraudulent claims i don't mean that but yeah. they're not i have to pay out for somebody who says oh i can't go to work when in all honesty you and i both know they could go to work you know yeah yeah so self-employed people are the healthiest people in the world yeah. it's not crazy i mean, i would be i would very rarely be sick now my mum's always said it's because it was breastfed i don't know if there's any truth in that <laughs> But I would, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but I would very rarely get sick. And I wonder, is it that? I wonder that your body just goes, no, Tony, you haven't got time for this. You need to get up and get going. <laughs> I definitely believe it is. It's a mental yeah. thing. You know, I know I, you get, your, your, your brain is, is totally programmed that yeah. no, you cannot be sick. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, as a result, as I say, you don't, nobody, I don't know anybody self good takes a duvet day. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know? true. Yeah. Definitely not. You know, so it's a, there you go. <laughs> you are. No, I, I do. I genuinely do believe that. So I'd say if somebody books you, you'll be there. I'll be one hundred percent. Absolutely. I've never, never let anyone down. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been like that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I suppose we should talk a bit more about uh, about weddings, really. Um, what about? Have you found, Tony, that most of your weddings you're actually bookending a band? Or would most of your weddings be you're the prime entertainment? Well, for us, it would be the prime entertainment. There is there is occasions where we do book a band, but the way our packages are kind of work, I mean, I would charge £550 for the DJ alone. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but when you book that, you also get the photo booth, which is normally £230, but we add that in for free. Really? So you're getting your, your DJ and your photo booth for £550. So when, when someone books us after a band, it's difficult to try and, split up and the the advantage of working with the photo booth is that i'll always have another member of staff on standby to help out with things in the wedding uh, as well as managing the the photo booth so it's difficult because then you have to pay another member of staff to come out and help with the dj equipment and it's just normally i try to avoid after bands but i do work with some bands um i would get regular work with them uh, mm. and on those occasions are i would i would kind of go out with after a right. band yeah. well that's good to know because i mean there are some there's quite a number of brides and grooms who aren't going for a live band they want the dj yeah and uh, obviously it also it also makes the wedding a lot more cost effective as well well i mean that's the thing i mean i have started to see uh, i think maybe as younger generations are coming through you would get speaking to a lot of braids mostly braids like you'd said before um and they're like tony i don't know whether to get a dj for the full night or my mom wants a band or you know and, and i think it's and, and not to take away from bands because i when i'm at a wedding i love listening to live music i totally appreciate and respect each individual musician who's invested so much of their own time yes in their art and their skill and it's it's a phenomenal um ability but i'm starting to see well maybe i suppose it's it's probably i'm only really seeing a lot of couples that are more interested in just djs Mm -hmm. so i'm probably not seeing the other side of it but i mean there wouldn't be any shortage of new brides and grooms that are coming and booking a dj for the full night i think I mean, from our perspective, I mean, I would, um, I'm, I love my Motown music. I love my 70s music. Um, and and as you can probably tell, I don't really shut up. So whenever I get a microphone, I like to, ha- I like to have a, a bit of banter and a bit of crack. And if someone comes up and asks me for a request, I'll get their name. Um, and I'll take a note of that person's name and I'll have a bit of crack with them throughout the night. So you, you, st- you sort of get to know people in the audience. Um, I'll, I'll get the microphone, I'll go down and people will be saying just just off the cuff, we stupid things that have mm-hmm. a bit of crack and kind of bring the room together a wee bit more. Um, so I, I think from doing that, naturally, more people have went, you know what, that's catering to the older group who would normally enjoy a band. They're getting what they need out of this DJ. 
Yeah. Um, and then later on in the night, you're you're getting all your hits, your charts, uh, and then later on in the night, you have your wee dance section, your old school, and um, if that's what people want to go by, and then but I would I would try and add a bit of a cabaret element into it as well, oh. uh, where there's different games and and I think as well with braids and grooms, if they if they were to see something on Facebook or YouTube, and this happens all the time where someone goes, Tony, look, I've just seen this on Facebook, and they sent me a link. I mean, I would be comfortable enough to just go right. Let's do it. Let's let's add that into your entertainment package, you know, and, and kind of build it up around there. So I think DJs can offer something, maybe a band can't. Well, DJs who are comfortable with a microphone yes. can create that kind of atmosphere. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, can create that atmosphere in a room. And, and if you do it right, can really bring a room together and um, everyone kind of feels involved in the crack and the banter and the atmosphere. That's what I have found anyhow. No, I think you're right. It's all, it's all about personality again. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You know? So wh- whenever, uh, wh- when you first, I mean, somebody, a couple phone you up, right? Yeah. Uh, what happens next? Do you arrange to meet them or what do you do? Uh, do you do it over Zoom? Do you, do you not, or do you just discuss it on the phone? What happens? It depends, really. I mean, I think it's really down to the customer's preference. Some people like the face-to-face um interaction and i i prefer that as well because i think when you do meet people face to face you have a different level of rapport uh with a lot of people um but i mean i think nowadays because you're starting to see a younger generation coming through i sound so old don't i (laughs) you see a younger generation coming through who are so used to social media and interacting through messaging services that they fully trust that service Mm. Um, and they're more comfortable with that service. So, I mean, sometimes it's uh, messages through Facebook right. and, and, and then it's building that level of communication there. I'll always, at the very least, try to call the bride and groom. Well, I will call the bride and groom around about one week before the wedding. If I can get the opportunity to call someone's house, if they're comfortable with that, I'll take that. Um, but failing that, it'll always be a phone call or like you would say, like Skype or Zoom. Um, just, to, just really touch base. Let them hear my voice. Get to know yeah, them course. a bit more and and mm-hmm. see and try to understand what what type of people they are, what way they want their wedding to go. You know, are they going to like games? Do they want that sort of banter? What are they, will they be offended? Is there songs they don't want? Uh-huh. You know, and just really build a, a good rapport and relationship and, and plan their their night. So you know, if a if a bride and groom comes up to you and says, "Look, I definitely want these half a dozen songs on the playlist," yeah. and you look at them and you know from your experience, <laughs> well, they're going to empty the floor. You know, what do you do? <laughs> well, I would I would just be honest. I mean, I think I think when you've built a good relationship with someone, because I would try to be so customer centric um, and try to make the process as easy as possible. People, I think I think right away people will drop their guard and they feel like they can communicate with you a little bit easier, and as a result, you can communicate with them. And I think whenever you are being open and honest with someone, they're not going to take it offensively. You know, if you're just saying, look, great cho- great song choice, and most of them are fantastic songs, but like you say, they don't fit into the kind of the, the wedding playlist. So you would just say to them, look, here's these songs here are fantastic. When do you want me to play them? Um, these wouldn't really be big dance floor fillers. Uh, are you okay with that? And just really kind of ask to make, just share your experience. And, and if they still want to go ahead with that, absolutely. What I have found, sometimes you will, sometimes, I mean, I've been sent hundreds of songs on the playlist. Sure. Sometimes, see, nowadays as well, what you can do is if people are using Spotify, uh-huh. they can create a wedding playlist on their Spotify and they can send you a link. Now, I'll have Spotify simply for requests in case I don't have songs. Uh-huh. Um, normally, everything's already in the software. Um. So they can send me a link and I can have a look through that playlist. It opens up on my Spotify and then I can go through 
all of my software and add everything into their own wedding playlist on the software itself. Um, but sometimes it's like they must fire three or four songs in a day for three years. Um, and it's a, it's a huge playlist. And you're like, right, okay. So, but what I have found is most people are flexible enough is that they'll say, look, do you know what, Tony, fit it in where you can. You know, um, but some people, some sometimes songs mean things to people. You know, it might be a family member that, that uh, it reminds them of something. And, uh, you know, so it's important to get them songs. And, and if it is, if it is a case and they're saying, right, well, look, if you can play X amount of songs, I'll, I'll go through the list and say, which ones are really important? Which ones do you definitely want on? Uh, and then I can put a wee star beside them and make sure them ones are definitely getting played. That's good. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you were there for a three-day wedding with some of the lists. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's a brain groom's day and they're paying for it at the end oh, of yeah. the day, aren't they? That's Fair it. Fair enough, yeah. So in terms of kit and so on, Tony, I mean, what's, what size of kit and rig and so on are you putting out? I've got a couple of different setups. Um, I've got if it's a if it's a huge venue, I've got a big VK setup, um, mm-hmm. which will fill most most spaces. Two big eighteen inch bins uh, mm-hmm. and two taps. Over at the start of COVID, I upgraded my system again. Um, I've got two brand new FBT speakers. I don't know if that means much to any, anybody, but the, they've got a huge amount of bass in them. Yeah. Um. They're very they're world renowned for this purpose. So that will cover. You taking the big bass bins with me because they're like they're, they're bloody about 50 kilo weeks. Oh, uh, I you, 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 you like, <laughs> remember you those days? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this here it slims it down, but it doesn't take away any of the impact of the sound. Um, and then lighting as well. I wouldn't, uh, I, I could really, it depends on the size of the venue, you know. Um, and for have a, having played in most venues, you kind of have a good understanding of what equipment you need to bring to make sure that it's 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 the right. Yeah, fit for that venue. Yeah, and then what about setup? I mean, when do you normally set up in a wedding? What would be your normal time to set up? Well, it's like you kind of says whenever somebody's trying to plan their wedding, they don't really know time scales until the day. So what I would normally do is I give the hotel a ring roughly around about four o'clock in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll say, right, look, we're looking like we're going to be finished around half six. We're looking like we're going to be finished, and you're getting a more accurate time scale. Um, and what I try to do is I usually aim to be there around about half an hour before the meal's finish. Yeah. So if if possible, we'll load everything in the we side room out of the way so mm-hmm. we can just get straight in and get set up. Um, if not possible, we'll just wait for the, the top tables to be cleared and take everything straight from the van. Um, mm-hmm. Set up times normally between half an hour and 40 minutes. Um, but we would, we would inform customers it would be a could be up to an hour. Yeah. So normally what we'll do is, if I've usually got someone else with me who does the photo booth. We get all the equipment in. We'll get the, the DJ stuff set up first, get the music going, get the background music, get the guests back in. Um, and then the other guy will go and get stuck into the photo booth. But I mean, this is one of the things which a lot of braids, um, see, this is where your service, I think, comes in amazingly. And we've crossed paths, but my busy time is your busy time, if that makes yeah. sense, because I'm yeah. setting up whilst all the guests are enjoying the mm-hmm. casino, which you mm-hmm. guys bring. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an amazing service because a lot of brides and grooms call and they're like, Tony, can you set up before the dinner? So whenever everyone's finished their meal, look at the, something to entertain them, something to, to pass the time until you and get going again. I think there's two points that one, the service juice provide is, is the best in Northern Ireland. Um, because I know I'm, I'm genuinely not just saying that because I'm speaking to you now, because 
when you do walk out into a foyer or wherever these guys are set up, everyone's laughing, everyone's there enjoying themselves, everyone's looking over each other's shoulders to yeah. see what's going on, and they genuinely love it. But then mm-hmm. you also have people who are stuffed and just want to go and stretch their legs or go and lie down on top of the bed for half an hour if they're staying <laughs> at the hotel, you know. So it's a great, um, it, it, in between that time, I think your service is, is a perfect way to, to fill that gap whilst we're setting up. That's one of the ways we sell it. You know, it's it based, as you say, it gives the guests something to do yeah. while the turnaround's happening. And the other side of the coin is, I, I say this about bands as well. You know, if you, if you spend a lot of money on a good DJ or a good band and you try and get the floor going straight after the meal. Yeah. You're wasting your time and Absolutely. you're wasting your money because nobody's ready to bounce about the dance floor with a full Absolutely. stomach. Absolutely. have had yep. a decent meal, you know? Yeah. So it, it really is a waste of time, you know? Yeah. But that's fair enough. No problem. And I mean, I take it this, being we're in what, 2021 now, is everything on computer or do you still have any old school vinyl and stuff like that? No, everything's on computer now. <laughs> Although I would be because I would work in the studio and stuff i would always make sure that my, my audio is at the highest quality i can get it yeah um so i would be very focused on making sure that everything sounds right my equipment's the best i could get it the, the, i would adjust the sound for each room i would take a take a walk about make sure everything sometimes you have like see especially if you've got the big bass bins if someone's sitting down you'll know yourself the bass clacks in the corner and if someone's sitting there in the corner it's just vroom, vroom, <laughs> that's right i can't hear now so it's it's important to take that walk around the room and make sure that you're able to do that because you want to have customer or sorry guests who are going to be sitting there going this is terrible <laughs> I can't hear nothing and I'm deaf, you know, it's killing me. Um, <laughs> so I, I would be very focused on it, like, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah. And I mean, okay, to, we've talked all about, um, the, I'm talking really about the DJ and the things. I mean, if I was to ask you an obvious question, how, how do you differentiate yourself from other DJs here right there? Now, I know you've got experience in the radio stations and all that sort of thing, but what would you say to Bray? If Bray came along and said, Tony, why should I hire you as opposed to Joe Bloggs up the road? What would you, what would you say? I think I think it's the crowd interaction um, and just, it's a hard question. It's like when you go to get a, a, a job interview and they go, why should we hire you? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to throw No, it. no, no, you're right, because that's this is what it's all about. Um, I think, I mean, I would be quite comfortable on a microphone. If I was to see someone do something stupid, I'd grab a microphone quickly and I'm, I'm having a bit of banter and everyone's having a laugh, but not to the point where it'll offend anybody, to the point where it'll, it'll get everybody involved. And I think one of the things, unique things with me is because yeah, I am comfortable doing that because I've spent so long kind of as a public speaker and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can create an atmosphere in a room and it almost feels like it brings people together. It's hard to try and quantify um but it, it creates an atmosphere and i think that's one of the things as well as that because it came from the the dance music world uh-huh. dance music sets are very much structured you start off quite chilled out or at a certain category of music and then you gradually build it up as the night goes on so i'm very aware of the music i'm playing you know when i'm fitting requests and there's absolutely no problem at all I'll maybe i'll section off 20 30 minutes for requests um but i'd be very conscious of how the music flows throughout the night um and i would have a i've i've i would say i've nearly got a formula which works um but obviously it has to be very fluid and flexible because each brain groom is going to be different and each crowd is going to be different but um i would be very aware of how the music flows um and having a bit of banter and building that atmosphere that's good that's good no, thank you. you mentioned the photo booth. Um, do you yes. do anything else as well? Well, this is the thing. You've just seen, see in the background, the big love letters. We are currently expanding our business. So my 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 son, he's my stepson, he is now 21 years of age. So right. what I have just done is we are in the process of buying a big dance floor, a starlight dance floor. 
Um, and I'm going to give him that business. So he's gonna he's gonna have his own dance floor business, right? Um, which will all be kind of run through the the professional DJs. So the, we'll, we've got a brand new package coming. So we're gonna have the the DJ and the photo booth, the dance floors, the ladders, big floor walls, and a couple of other things as well. So that that's a wee bit of an exclusive. No one else has ever heard about that. That'll be appearing on our social medias and our website very soon. Well, you ever heard it first in the wedding podcast books. <laughs> <laughs> a new business in the Northern Ireland wedding. <laughs> oh, very good. Phil has. Funny, it reminded me of a story. I'm not going to mention the guy's name, apart from the fact he's a friend of mine. Uh, but he, he has a dance floor business as well as a DJ. Yeah. But I was doing a gig uh, in, where was it? The Ramble Inn. Yeah. In, uh, in, just outside Antrim. That's right. Between, yeah. Antrim, between Antrim and Bellamina. And we were doing a casino job. And the whole thing was going well. I think it, it was a wedding thing, if I remember right. I think it was a wedding gig. But anyway, uh, the thing's rolling well. And all of a sudden, I see him coming in, pushing this trolley, you know, and he looked stressed and haggard, right? Yeah. And I, as I say, I know the guy. He's 100% reliable. He's, a, he's dead on and he's 100% professional, right? Yeah. But he came in and he was stressed to hell. And the next thing he starts laying down the dance floor. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking... That really doesn't look good, you know, you know, the whole night's going on. What had happened, the gig had come through two different agents, oh. right? He was third or fourth in line, and they told him it was the Ramble Inn in Oma. Oh, no, no way. <laughs> See, I always get that with Bally Golly, Bally Golly and Bally Golly. I'm always like, which one is it now? Is it Lauren? Is it... <laughs> Well, he had arrived in Oma to be told, oh, there's nothing happening here, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he got onto his phone and found out. And he, the daft thing about it is he only lives about five miles. From no the, way from the Rambles. Him, you know? <laughs> uh, I, felt, I felt so sorry for him, you know. See, that, that's, I mean, that's one, of the, that's one of the things, don't I? Like, I mean, see what I have to say. I mean, to all of my braids, I have to say a massive thank you because... I see at the start of COVID, I was so stressed out and, and it was no one's, it was, it was nobody's fault at all. I mean, I had, uh, I, I, when, when the announcements came that there was no wins and we were going into restrictions, I must've had 10, 10 messages every day. Yeah. Only I need to move. I need to cancel. I need to move. I need to cancel. And it was, it was, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. Very, it was a difficult period to try and manage, especially because I was trying to, t- trying to stay focused on the customer. And I had to end up dedicating a certain period of my day dealing with those messages because it had just gotten so overwhelming you know and i have to honestly say to all of the braids and grooms thank you for being so understanding as well you know because they really have because i think they've understood that everybody is in this together to a certain extent um and i I can honestly say i haven't had any difficult customers where well no tony this isn't right this isn't on this isn't you know and uh, for for playing so i I just had to say thank you to everybody that's no you're you're right i have felt very very sorry for brides yeah. and grooms, because you know, the, it's not only having the shifter date once. I've had wow. brides and grooms have the shifter date three times, you know, yeah. and they're coming on to you the third time, and they're actually apologising. I know, I know, yeah, exactly. Me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to do this again. I'm yeah. thinking, what are you sorry? But it's not your I fault. Know. <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. Yep. You know, you've absolutely nothing to be sorry about because it, you know nobody wants to 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 be caught up in this stuff that we're caught up in. Yeah. To point the finger, I think, is wrong. You know, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about the the, the the people on the hill, shall we say? Um, yeah. You can have your opinions about them yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Less said, the better. Isn't it? My my mother always said, "If you haven't got nothing nice to say, Tony, don't say nothing at all." <laughs> <laughs> your mother was right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Brilliant. 
So um, you mentioned the price range there a while ago. You said, I think, was it 550 is it? 550 for the, the, the whole entertainment for your night and the photo booth. Right, right. And th- does that vary depending on the length of time or anything, Tony? Or, uh, or, no, not or really. That? I mean, I think, uh, there. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of entertainment companies that will say it's a five-hour disco, but I've always found that um, being there an extra hour earlier, you know, I, I prefer to be organised. I prefer to be at the venue because you know your van's not going to break down. Mm-hmm. You're there, everything's done. You're giving yourself time in case anything does go wrong yeah. to get to the venue and make sure everything's okay. So there's that side of things. But I think just being able to set up after the meals, um, it gives customers a wee bit more reassurance that they're, you're going to be on a bit quicker, that the guests can get back into the room and, and, and mm-hmm. get going again. You know, yeah. so I haven't really put a time scale on things. I mean, it wouldn't be there if the if the meals were at one o'clock and finished at two, it wouldn't be there at three. You know, <laughs> kind of around about half six is maybe the, the earliest we'll arrive at the venue and get ready Fair to get enough. set up and stuff. Yeah, and we'll play right through to one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, as well, that's one of the benefits of doing Northern Ireland. You start going across yeah. the border, it's two o'clock. It's two yeah. o'clock, yeah. And then it's further yeah. to drive home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily leave those days behind me. <laughs> Now you know you're getting old. <laughs> Tell me, Tony, if, a, if somebody, if a bride and groom want to get in touch with you, what's the best way or what are all the ways? Well, we've got our, our, our website, www.theprofessionaldjs.co.uk, but I found the most popular method would be through Facebook, Facebook right. messaging. Um, I think there's a lot, I mean, we have a lot of videos, a um, lot of pictures, a lot of reviews, so people can go and get a good idea and a feel for who we are what we can do um and i think off that reassurance just kind of it's easier just to say send message right beside it all but i mean we'll get emails um recently started working with uh weddings and i was darren mcgarry's new business mm-hmm. um and i've been getting a lot of bookings through through that method as well you know yeah, so yeah. yeah yeah i do stuff with darren myself uh and well for the benefit if anybody's listening to this then it'll be if you have a look on your phone all those will be listed on it and if you're watching it on youtube it's listed underneath the video Thank so you. don't worry of all the ways of contacting Tony uh, attached to this podcast. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, uh, you have, a, I was on your website and you have this button, marriage advice. And I thought, oh. ah, I'm going <laughs> to give brides and grooms some advice here. But no, I was disappointed. It was you looking for marriage advice. And I thought, what on earth is that about? <laughs> right, so, very, very good. So basically what happened is we were at a wedding and as part of their invitations, they had sent out a marriage advice card. Oh. Um, so when I was chatting with the bride and groom in the run-up to the event, it says, Tony, look, we've got all of these, sent out these marriage advice cards and they've been sent back with the invitations. And uh, will you read some of them out? And I said, yes, of course, no problem at all. So I got them a big pile off them on the night and I'm looking through them. Now, I'll not, I'll not go into granular detail, but <laughs> some of the questions was, to have a happy marriage, you must... And you can probably put the next part to that. So it was basically people's friends and braid, braidsmaids and stuff giving them marriage advice. Um, you know, uh, you must sacrifice whatever. And so I was reading these and I actually had the names on them as well. So I was able to go around the crowd uh-huh. um, and say, right, okay, where is Angela Smith? Angela Smith, let's see what you've wrote. And give, reading it out, it was, it was a brilliant bit of banter. Um, so yeah. what I've done is I've added that into my website. So braids can say, ask their customers, or sorry, their guests, customers, ask their guests to go to the website to fill that form in. That'll then come through to me in an email. I add that to their entertainment package. And then on the night we'll go around, we'll we'll have a wee bit of banter and a bit of crack about it. And usually the the guests are absolutely uh, distraught and a little bit embarrassed. They didn't think that that was going to happen, you know. But it's it's good. It's all it's all in good jazz and good banter. Probably you've let the colour of the bag now. You know? uh, well, I, I may, we might have to edit that bit out if that's okay. 
Uh, I must have been, I went there, I thought, wet in the face, what is he at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I'm going to ask you for a bit of advice here. What, yes. If you, given the experience you have now to date, if uh, you were talking to any bride and groom who said, we're going to get married, you know, in terms of their entertainment, in terms of their, their wedding day, what would your prime piece of advice to them be? I think in today's uh, world, it would be checking social media, looking at reviews, pictures. Um, and if you, if you know anybody who has booked that service previously, go and speak with them, you know, because pictures and marketing can definitely give someone a great insight. But when someone's actually there as a guest at a wedding, they get the experience, that atmosphere themselves. They get to understand what it really is all about, which sometimes videos don't really capture. Um, so ask the questions, you know, find out as much information as you can. And more importantly, go with your gut. If it feels right, then then make that decision. Or more importantly, if it doesn't feel right. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Big time. Definitely. Yeah. I would say, Tony, you probably get quite a bit of work while you're at a wedding, you know, from people yeah. saying, can I have a card? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always keep them on standby. <laughs> no, but that, that just makes the point. You know, people are there, they're hearing it, they're saying, well, like this guy, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll maybe use him for our wedding. I mean, I yeah. certainly find that, you know. Absolutely, 100%. It does, it does make a difference. Tony, it's been great crack. I've really, really enjoyed this. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's really, it's been quite bizarre that we live about two miles from each other and didn't even know that. You know, just, we could have actually done this in person. We could have ten, ten with a bit of, bit of string between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. <laughs> it really has been fun. Uh, maybe we'll do it again in a couple of years. It, it, would, be, it would be my pleasure. So we've done all my pleasure. It's time we're living through at the moment. Yeah. And it'd be nice to sort of look back at it in a couple of years' time and say, do you remember that crazy year? We spent <laughs> year eight, 14, 15 months, you know? And we survived and got out the other side of it. Yeah. It'll be Absolutely. sort of like talking to your grandchildren years and things. Yeah. Very good. Tony, it's been great fun. Thank it's you. So been much it has time. really been my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. <laughs> You're very welcome. Folks, that's it for this episode of the Wedding Jigsaw podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And keep your eyes open for the next one from me, Donald, and from Tony. Goodbye. Cheerio. This podcast has been brought to you by Mulsan Casinos and Don DeGave, a master hypnotist. To book either, dial 02890-825-235 or look up www.mulsan.co.uk. The Wedding Jigsaw podcast has been funded by the Arts Council for Northern Ireland.